Hi everybody, Mike Wardrop from Encounter Church here and thanks so much for tuning into our podcast. Our prayer is that through this podcast, you could have an encounter with Jesus that will change your life. And now get ready for an inspiring message from our teaching team. Church, while we're standing, today is uh, intern preaching day. I'm excited. I'm excited. And I'm so excited for Emma and Jordan preaching tonight. I can't wait. Um, if you're registered, you're going to enjoy it. If you're not, I think we're sold out. Are we sold out? Not quite. We're not quite sold out. You, there is time if you want to be here tonight. You, there is a bit of room to jump on. Um, but this morning, it's not so much an opportunity as an exercising of gifts because Jemima Dilema has shown the character. She's shown gifting. She's shown confidence. She is a gifted preacher. And I hope you just honour her and make her welcome as she comes to bring the Word of God this morning. Come on. Thank you so much, Mike. Good morning, church. How good is it to be in the house of God this morning? For those who don't know me, thank you, Lucy. You are the best. <laughs> For those who don't know me, my name is Jem, and it is my great privilege this morning to be speaking on our fourth week in the series, Lost Letters. This has been a series that has really blessed my heart. Last week, we had Pastor Matt Gray respond to the promptings of the Spirit, and he spoke an incredible message on how it's actually okay to not have it all together. And this coming afternoon service. Obviously, Jordan and Emma are going to be bringing the word, and I really encourage you to stick around. I'm so excited to hear what God is going to say through them. And throughout this series, we have had this beautiful piece of artwork created by the very talented Cara Horner. If you're right up the back or you haven't had a chance to have a closer look, it's essentially a collection of storybook pages that have been layered together to essentially create a bigger picture and serve a greater purpose. And I was up here a couple of weeks ago um, looking at it a little closer to try and recognise some of the stories that had been used. And so as I'm looking a little bit closer, I can see there's some of Lion, the Witch in the Wardrobe up there. I can't recognise some of the other stuff. I might have to ask Cara about that. <laughs> but in that moment, I thought it was so ironic because if you know me, one of the most challenging things you could ask me to do is to just sit and read a book. <laughs> is there anyone else in the room that finds that so incredibly hard? Thank you for the support. That makes me feel better. <laughs> and I can see Pastor Mike, he's just like looking in shame in the front row. He knows exactly where I'm going with this. <laughs> so at the beginning of last year, I signed up for internships, encounter internships. Side note, greatest decision you'll ever make. It is such an incredible opportunity if you want to go deeper into your faith, into your faith journey. Anyway, so my very first week of internship, I had the opportunity to sit down with Mike and we had a chat about what I wanted to get out of the internship experience and my expectations for that year ahead. And as we're wrapping up this conversation, Pastor Mike, he hands me his signed copy of Brian Houston's book, Live, Love, Lead. And as he's handing me this book already in my head, I'm thinking, oh my goodness, Mike, that's a whole lot of pages you're just about to ask me to read. Anyway, so he hands me this book and he says, I want you to read this throughout your internship journey. It's a really great read and you'll easily get through it throughout the whole year. Anyway, so I finished internship. 
about three months ago and I'm still not even halfway through the book. <laughs> it's just sitting on my bedside table along with the other stack of books that I'm supposed to read and return back to their owners. You all know who you are. I am so sorry and I promise your books will find their way back to you one day. <laughs> But the one book you will always find me reading is the Word of God. This is the only book that when you read it, it reads you. And what I love about this series, Lost Letters, is that we as a church are taking the time to press into the short letters of the New Testament and to hear what God was saying through the apostles of that time to the church and to hear what God is saying to us today. And so church, would you pray with me this morning as we open up our hearts ready to hear the voice of God? Let's pray. Father, I thank you for the gift of your word. I thank you, Lord, that you're not a distant God. You're a God who's moving and who's leaning in, ready to speak. And so Holy Spirit, as we take this time to sit in your presence, may your voice be heard. We love you, Jesus. We praise your name and we pray all these things in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. So this morning, we're going to spend some time looking into the book of First John. And just to give you a little bit of context, this book was written by the Apostle John, who was a follower of Jesus. And he also wrote the Gospel John and the book of Revelation. And as I was reading this book in preparation for today's message, and I promise you I read it, I read it multiple times, <laughs> I was taken back by how clearly John speaks of the character and the heart of God. When John writes, he doesn't mess around. He gets straight to the point and he speaks in such a clear and direct manner. And so this morning, I'm going to take a few moments to preach on this thought, God is and so if you have your Bibles with you this morning, we're going to start at 1 John chapter 1, verse 5, which says, This is the message we have heard from Jesus and now declare to you. God is light and there is no darkness in him at all. So we are lying if we say we have fellowship with God, but go on living in spiritual darkness. We are not practicing the truth. But if we are living in the light as God is in the light, then we have fellowship with each other and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. I think there is something so powerful about that passage. There is so much that John articulates just in those few verses, but I want to break it down even further this morning with my first point, and that is God is light. God is light. I love that this is the first description that John uses to illustrate the character of God, because light is the very first thing that God speaks into existence. In the very beginning, God only needed to speak and by his very breath, light came into being. By the simple command of God saying, let there be light, light itself came into existence. And as I was researching some descriptions of light, I came across an article that said, we don't see light. It's because of light that we see 
It guides us, it gives us direction and it illuminates our path. And we see this concept of God being described as light many times throughout the Scripture. In Psalm 119 verse 105, it says, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. The message translation describes this even further by saying, Your words throw a beam of light on my dark path. And John writes in the Gospel of John chapter 1, verse 6 to 7, There came a man commissioned and sent from God whose name was John. This man came as a witness to testify about the light so that all might believe in Christ the light through him. John was not the light, but came to testify about the light. There it was, the true light, the genuine, perfect, steadfast light, which coming into the world enlightens everyone. Now, at the time John was writing this letter, light was a very different concept to our current understanding of light. Today, we think of light as a very fixed concept that essentially involves the flick of a switch. Light is either on or off. But light itself is almost indescribable because it is such a complex concept. We know that light is an energy, but it can also change shape, it can bend, and it can take many different forms when it interacts with different properties. And when we read in Scripture that God is light, this is the starting point of understanding exactly who God is. Because we know that light is powerful, it guides us, it holds beauty Light is pure. There's a sense of purity and goodness attached to light. It serves a purpose and it brings life. And so when we hear the phrase, God is light in the Scriptures, what John is essentially saying is that God is pure. God is powerful. God is moving. God is good. And God has a plan and a purpose for your life and He's illuminating your path. And because there is no darkness in God, because we know that darkness ceases to exist when light is present, we need to respond to the calling of stepping out into a life in the light with Him. We need to step out from within the shadows and into fellowship, into His light. And so in order to walk in the light and to live a life in fellowship with Jesus, we are called to love. And that brings me to my second point this morning, which is God is love. In 1 John 4 verse 7 to 12, it says, Dear friends, let us love one another for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. 
Another translation says, God is the originator of love and it is an enduring attribute of his nature. And John goes on to say that we love because he first loved us. He was the initiator. He's the one pursuing us. And his love for us extends from the beginning to the end because he loved us first. God is love and his love for us is abundant, unconditional, sacrificial and pure. And there's no process when it comes to receiving God's love. You know how in this generation there's kind of like an unofficial process when it comes to dating and relationships? Like first you like each other's posts on Instagram and then you start to message each other in the DMs and then you exchange numbers and that turns into messaging and calling each other. And then after that whole process, then you come together and you start to decide if you want to make it official and if love fits into the equation. And I think sometimes we think that there's an unofficial process we have to go through when it comes to receiving God's love. It's like sometimes we think we have to do something in order to receive His love. We might be carrying all these burdens or we might be afraid to step into the light because of how we've lived our life in the shadows Or we might be wrestling with insecurities, thinking, like, I know God is love, but could He really love me? I've got to get better at this, or I need to do more of this. But I just want to encourage you today that God's love surpasses all these things. God doesn't love us for the things we can do for Him because He knows that there is nothing that we could offer that would ever measure up to the power of His love and His mercy. Instead, He says, my child, I love you just as you are. My love for you is unchanging. It's lavished upon you and it's never going to fail. And I want nothing more than to have a relationship with you. So I'm going to make a way because I am love. And so God sent his only son as a perfect sacrifice so that we could come into his presence with boldness and with confidence. He gave us his only son so that we could step out from within the shadows into the light and into fellowship with him without fear, without uncertainty and without shame. And this is the great love of Christ. When I was younger, I had this poster in my bedroom of a cross at sunset. The light was hitting it so perfectly that you could just see the outline of the cross. And it had this beautiful quote on it that said, I asked Jesus, how much do you love me? And he said, this much. And he stretched out his arms and he died. And in that moment of history, Something supernatural occurred, something that we can't fully understand, where God the Father had to turn his back and he could no longer look at his son because God is pure. God himself is light and there is no darkness in him. And as Jesus took on the weight of sin and his body was broken for you and for me, God the Father had no choice but to look away. There is nothing he wouldn't do for your heart and nothing he hasn't already done. 
His love for you has no limits. It always hopes, always protects, always trusts and always perseveres. And in His love, we are made complete. And John goes on to say in his book that this is the kind of love that God calls us to show one another. And so my final point this morning is that God is our example. In 1 John chapter 2, verse 6, it says, If we say we are His, we must follow the example of Christ. And that example is His love. John goes on to say in chapter 4 that since God so loved us, we ought to love one another. And we are called to love each other in the same way that Christ showed his love for us. And that is to lay down our lives for each other. In John chapter 3 verse 18, it says, Let us not love merely in theory, with word or with tongue, but in action and in truth in practice and in sincerity, because practical acts of love are more than words. We are called to love with our actions and to be an example of Christ. And that's why as a church, we are partnering with ministries like Open Doors and Compassion to show God's love in the fullness of action through being generous and through acts of service. And you know, for some people, their first glimpse of the Father's heart is through observing your life. Their first glimpse of God's love is through the way that you love on them, by the way that you send them a Bible verse or how you send them a message saying, hey, I just want to let you know that I'm praying for you. I know that you've got a difficult week coming up and I just want to let you know I'm praying that God will give you peace and that his presence will come upon you and that he will be your strength. And my mum is a true example of this. She will send me a Bible verse every morning saying, this is God's word for you today, my girl. May it bless you as you carry it throughout your day. And the crazy thing is, I'm not the only one she does this for. (laughs) If you date within my family, you'll also end up getting a Bible verse from my mum every day. (laughs) I have friends who tell me they get these messages. I think even Pastor Mike has actually had a few of these encouraging Bible verses from my mum. And I love that because that is her way of being obedient to the call of showing God's love in the same way that he loves her. And so I challenge you to think of how you can be an example of God's love throughout your weeks. Because let me tell you, the world is watching and desperate to receive a touch of the Father's love. And there are fingerprints of the Father in your life. 2 Corinthians 3 verse 2 to 4 says, Your very lives are a letter that anyone can read by just looking at you. Christ himself wrote it, not with ink, but with God's living spirit, not chiseled into stone, but carved into human lives, and we publish it. And so we essentially have the privilege and the responsibility of being an example of Christ because some people might not pick up this book. They might not read the promises of God, but they can see God in you and they can see the manifestation of God's glory and His love through your life. 
But some of you this morning might be here feeling distant or lost, almost as if your life was a lost letter. But I want to speak over that this morning by saying our God is a God of purpose. He has a plan for you that goes far beyond just your life. He wants to use you to bless others, to show His love to others and to be His light in this world. He's writing your story. And I love how Dawn Cherie Wilkerson puts it. She says, you're not a lost letter. You're a love letter. You are God's love letter. He's writing your story. His love for you is limitless. It has no ends. And He wants to write every single part of your life. He wants to use your story. And there's no story that He can't use. No heart is too broken. No life is too lost. And just like this piece of artwork here, He wants to take every part of your story and use it for a greater plan and a greater purpose that goes far beyond just your life. Thanks so much for listening. I pray that you were able to hear from God in a fresh way today. We'd love to hear from our listeners. To connect with us or to support the work of Encounter, please jump on our website, encounteradelaide.com.au. And if you enjoyed this podcast, don't forget to jump onto iTunes, Spotify, or your podcast provider and give us a rating and review. Or share this message on your social media accounts and tag us at Encounter Adelaide. God bless. Have an amazing week.